Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Founding Fathers wigs. Yeah. I love your city so much, I'm literally moving here. Amanda already started looking up apartments. Yeah, she did. She did that. That happened. It's real. Ooh. Wait, How's everyone doing tonight? Yeah. Everyone got liquored up enough for us to be funny? <laughs> Please keep going to you the You can drink throughout the show. Yeah. It does improve the quality it, of the content. It really does. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Ooh, Philly's cute. Yes. Mm, catch us in your mouth. I'll give you a treat. <laughs> Do not throw flat David. Flat uh, David. He's essential <laughs> to production. He really is. Um, should we do this? Let's fucking do it. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine chat true crime and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents Woo! Oh, you're great I, at this. I am George Washington Kenyon <laughs> I am Benjamin Franklin, Franklin Amanda. Amanda yeah there it is there's a founding father the third one you can do it John Hancock I'm we the only one this. that passed AP history. We rehearse this. <laughs> Hamilton. Oh, Alexander Hamilton. Alexander ha- Amandelton. He's gotten like too famous to be like name dropped though. He totally sold out. <laughs> Fuck, it's hot in these wigs. Yeah. Well, sh- do we know <laughs> what our topic? Take we it don't off. Know what our hair looks like under this? <laughs> She's literally Amanda's wearing just a wearing sports a bra. bra. <laughs> Built for comfort, baby. <laughs> Not for speed. Uh, and I will be taking my bra off before the meet and greet. If they ask you to take your top off, get the money first. Mm. <laughs> That's it. only for the VIP folks. Yeah. Um, you get areolas. <laughs> everyone else doesn't. Yeah. All right. Yeah. As you might have guessed, the topic of this episode is Founding Fathers Fuckery. Yup. There's a lot to cover. Turns out they (laughs) were not great. Yeah, they were kind of all douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hi. Hello. Hi, cutie. Oh, honey. Look at that. Yes, daddy, yes. (laughs) Founding daddy. Mm. Founding daddy. Oh my god, we might have had margaritas before the yeah, show. Yeah, we did. <laughs> they we, brought us one glass and then set the shaker down <laughs> so you could refill it like six times. We were like, oh yeah. no. We're feeling Philly. We were actually right next door. We were undercover because there was a line of you people we outside. We just held up our menus. <laughs> we're like, 
We don't want to be discovered. Out. Sometimes we don't just drink wine. Yeah, Sometimes we're like, we're giving mama needs away. the hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> mama really needs the hard stuff. Speaking uh, of. Yeah. What is our wine crime pairing for founding father's fuckery? We're drinking. You're wearing so little clothes. I know. It's, it's great. I'm very comfortable. It's fucking hot under these lights. Yeah. So mm-hmm. under I'm really happy pair. in my bra. Um, we are drinking Rodney Strong Cabernet Sauvignon. That is going to tie into my case very well. Great. And I'm because... drinking vodka because I can't do red wine. Yeah, she gets <laughs> sick, so she's going to drink vodka instead and maybe get sick later instead of right now. Worth it. Um, while there were no founding fathers named Rodney, <laughs> you did have to be pretty fucking strong to survive the birth of America. So that's how this all fits. Good one. Okay, still better than tons. Tons of fun. This wine is thick and rich, just like the founding fathers. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of them. Not all of them, no. Um, With tasting notes of plum, dark cherry, and spice, this bottle has mild tannins with a lingering oak finish, an oaky afterbirth. Uh, This cab hails from Sonoma, California, a viticultural region known for its unique terroir. With Sonoma Mountains protecting the area from the wet and cool influence of the British. <laughs> Just kidding. The nearby Pacific Ocean. Um, the Sonoma Mountains to the west help protect the valley from excessive rainfall and red coats. And the cool air that does affect the region, it all circles back, comes northward from San Pablo Bay. None of this matters to anyone except for me. Um, This bottle packs some bang for your buck with a 14.5% ABV, motherfuckers. So if you, like the founding fathers, have an alcohol problem, this is a great choice. They didn't Um, have much clean water. They They had to drink wine and beer. It's true. And this red will leave your teeth looking just slightly less fucked than those of the founding fathers. Oh, I can we'll get not to wait for our hideous red wine mouths at the happening. meet and greet. So yes. I'm going to get her going here. And when the sound happens, do you know what to do? I hope. Better fucking hope so. We've been doing this for two and a half fucking years. <laughs> I hope you struggle like I do. I never do. Oh, speaking of been doing this for two and a half years, who's new? Raise your hand if you're new and you were dragged here. Yeah, raise your hand if you've never listened to the show before oh, and you're like, welcome, what? Welcome, honey. The welcome. The fuck is happening? Welcome, 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 yeah. welcome, welcome. No Buckle refunds. <laughs> and yeah, sorry. A card laid is a card played. <laughs> don't worry, you will not be the first ones to leave in the middle of the show. Happened in Orlando. It's happened. Yep. They yep. thought it was a murder mystery dinner. They were wrong. It was not. Are we ready? Yep. Here we go. Nice pop! Yeah. Woo! Oh, yeah. Philadelphia, Philadelphia pop. Liberty pop. Blessed be the fruit. Revolutionary pop. <laughs> Cheers, Philly. Cheers! Woo! We don't even need yes. this. All right. Cheers. All right. Lachelle, Lucy... Not me. I'm Kenyan. That one's Kenyan. Lucy, what is our background and possibly psych for founding fathers' fuckery? There just has we're to gonna be psych. We're going to cover a lot. We're going we're gonna to cover a lot. First of all, before I get started, I'd like to point out that for no particular reason, I'm wearing my turquoise necklace from the Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. 
fuck the founding no fathers. No connection to this topic whatsoever, but, you know, genocide of indigenous <laughs> Genocide. Um, All right. I have a cough of tickling my throat. <laughs> The Founding Fathers were a group of leaders who, in the latter decade of the 18th century, united the 13 colonies, led the war for independence from Great Britain, and built the framework for the new government of the United States of America. Ever heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) You stole my joke. (laughs) The group was comprised of businessmen, philosophers, politicians, plantation owners, wig makers. Just kidding, I made that up. And writers from a variety of social, economic, and ethnic backgrounds, but actually not so different from each other. They all had a couple things in common. Is that our current Senate? Yes. (laughs) They all have the same fucking haircut, the same paunchy face, the same frown. The same missing tooth. Fucking patriarchy. The same gout. The same sexless marriages. Speak for yourself. John Adams and Abigail. Oh, that's true. They Hello. got it on. They had like seven kids. John well, four, Adams but fucked. still. He fucked. <laughs> the term founding father is sometimes ascribed to the signers of the Declaration of Independence, what we would call signers. <laughs> Shriners. Shriners. <laughs> and or one of the 55 individuals who were appointed as delegates to the 1787 Constitutional Convention and took part in drafting the Constitution of the United States, or who we would call framers. Thank you for buying tickets to our most boring show that we have ever <laughs> I'm done. Getting, I'm getting through the boring shit before we get to, like, the, the good the shit. Before I intentionally rip the sign so Daddy can come back out and tape it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's hiding his head in shame. He's just doing this. <laughs> I love you. They don't pay me enough. We don't have insurance yet. Shut the fuck up. We're fine. He ain't we, gonna snitch. We're really predatory. <laughs> okay. Founding father could also be used to refer to those who signed any of the first collective legislative protests against the British government or those who signed the Articles of Confederation. To add to the confusion, there's a lot of overlap in these groups as well. So, for our purposes here this evening, and to avoid a complete retelling of colonial American history, we're going to boil the Founding Fathers down to this, these seven specific men. Seven? <laughs> Wake up. That's too many men. Not for you. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she right. She right. That's like a slow week for Amanda. It's a holiday. There's a lot of people out of town. It's finals week. <laughs> it's finals week. All right. So these seven specific men. John Adams. He fucks. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Alexander Hamilton. The solo. Aham. John Jay. Who? Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and George motherfucking Washington. G-Dub. G-Dub. So we're going to start with the George. Oh, look at that mug. He looks like the straight face emoji. He does. (laughs) In our wig. Slap a wig on that. Someone take our picture and put that emoji over all of our That's fucking George Washington. (laughs) Wow. I know it's not a photograph, but how do you even get your face to stay like that for just hours? It's the teeth, and we'll get to it. Oh, yes, yeah. the wooden teeth. Yeah. The myth of the wooden, wooden teeth. 
All right. Best known for leading the Continental Army against the British in the Revolutionary War, plus being the first president in BD. On one hand, he seems like a pretty decent guy for the time. He married Martha, who was a widow, and helped her to raise her two sons. They never had any kids of their own because he's probably gay. Definitely. Get it. Get it. Oh, yeah. He's totally gay. Yeah. 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 No, he totally yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. This guy's like, yeah. Hey, yeah. I know personally yeah. that this George Washington like, was gay. Can attest. Yeah. 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 He get he real gay. gay. Mm. Happy Pride Month, yeah. George. Yeah. Woo! Do you? This is sign language for George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He owned slaves and signed several pieces of legislation harming African-American slaves, but also spoke of his desire to end the practice of slavery. So he had a moral compass. He just didn't follow it. So Yeah, I super want to end slavery, but I own a shit ton of slaves. And I don't want to let them go, because that directly benefits me. (laughs) Right. Right, How do we strike that balance? 2019 United States of America. Pretty much. Nothing has changed. Couple misconceptions. The cherry tree thing never happened, and his teeth were not wooden. What are those his teeth? Listen, I'll get to it. Washington owned several pairs of dentures throughout his lifetime, and they were made from several different types of materials, including ivory, metal alloys, and other humans' teeth. Yes, that is an Invisalign before photo. (laughs) It's not great. At the time of (laughs) promo code gals. Just kidding. At the time of his death, 317 living slaves lived and worked on the Mount Vernon property, and there is evidence that he purchased teeth from them and had his dentist make dentures out of them for him so that they would be cheaper than, like, getting teeth the way that the the denture maker gets. So he had teeth pulled from his living slaves to put into his own mouth? I think he offered them, like, a really nominal sum not enough oh my teeth? fucking not god no, 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 no. or like get it however they would get it I don't oh, fucking know fuck that's why when people are like this. this is not America this is not our va-. It's like, yeah, it okay. fucking is it sucks it shouldn't be read a book but it is I don't know which one but read one <laughs> Brother. On the subject of Washington's slaves, he was the only founding father to free his own slaves upon his death, which amounted to 123 individuals. Can't so take like them I with said, you. 317 slaves on the Mount Vernon property. They weren't all his, but he freed the 123 that were his at the time of his death. <sighs> like cool. I said, he's... Yeah. Uh, Good job, kind of? How many teeth did they have when they were free? <laughs> changes things. Still love my wig. Upon stepping down as president, Washington wrote a 32-page farewell address. Really? Did you need that much? <laughs> That's a lot. It's more than our president has read in his entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine Trump reading this and, like, understanding it? I can't. I can't. And this is one fucking page. All right. Upon... Oh, wait, I already read that. Uh, okay, the 32-page farewell address was later published in newspapers across the country that warned future generations about a variety of things he felt could destroy the republic. Among Such them... Such as... Hyper-partisanship, debt, 
a lack of separation of powers and foreign influence. And check, Fox check, check, News. check, And Donald J. Trump. That's four checks. He named and Donald no Trump in his address. <laughs> okay, moving on to John fucking Adams. Yes. He fucks. Ultimate daddy. Did anyone watch that show on, like, Showtime? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was good. <laughs> Honey. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we need to exchange I numbers. I love how engaged yeah. this guy is. This is happening. Okay. <laughs> love you. We'll catch you after the show. Look how sad he looks, too. Well, his yeah. teeth weren't great either. Well, it might be because His he, receding wig. He might have had the only presidential inauguration smaller than Donald Trump's. Apparently, none of his relatives were present for it. Oh. There were like 16 people. Not there. a popular guy. Oh, no. But like did a lot, but not a popular oh, guy. And I promise that's my third to last Donald Trump joke. There were just like a few in a row. <laughs> John Adams, president number two, was the only founding father that did not own any slaves. Good on you. Bare minimum. That said, he believed that abolition would be too economically destabilizing to fully politically support it. Take it it. back. Bye. In fact, he signed several pieces of legislation that didn't age well. One of those was the Alien and Sedition Act of 1798, which, quote, increased the residency requirement for American citizenship from five to 14 years authorized the president to imprison or deport aliens considered dangerous to the peace and safety of the United States. I mean, have you seen Independence Day? (laughs) And restricted speech critical of the government 2019, am I right? Oh, he's so fucking gross. I hate him. I want to draw a huge dick going into his mouth, but that would be so rude toward the homosexual community that I wouldn't want to do that to you. There's nothing wrong with two dicks at once. You're so right. There is nothing wrong you with two you. dicks at once. Minimum. All right. This is also John Adams. <laughs> <laughs> oh he my looks God, like that is literally what my wig looked like before I styled it. Yeah. When it came out of the packaging, right of the thanks, bag. Amazon. Their wigs were pristine, and mine was like a fucking beaver's, like, dam. <laughs> A Ugh. child had shit in he it. Looks like a, he looks like a middle school student trying to hide his, like, Beats by Dre under his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling and I, nodding in the front row. <laughs> I love the inaccuracy of this portrait. It's just like, that's not Paul Giamatti. There he is. That. Yeah, it's not accurate. His brows are I was going to say, eyebrows on point. Yeah, yeah somebody got threaded. Good. Eyebrows are good. So here's a fun anecdote about John Adams. I can't Bef- wait. Before he was president in September 1776, while en route to negotiate an end to the Revolutionary War, for fuck's sake, John Adams, Ben Franklin, and South Carolina politician Edward Rutledge decided to stop for the night. But alas, all the local inns were nearly full, and for so some they reason... they stayed in a manger. Exactly. And Jesus was born. I was going to say, this story sounds <laughs> You're really not far familiar. off. <laughs> oh, my God. Did they stay in a barn? Yeah. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, so, uh, for some reason, Edward Rutledge, who no one has ever heard about since, drew the long straw and got his own room. Ben and Johnny had to share a room. Adams, and a bed. Adams, yeah, and a bed. Adams, who was, quote, an invalid and afraid of the air in the night. I mean... 
fair. Cool guy. The air I create in the night is something to be feared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gassy. Uh, he closed the window before they got into bed. <laughs> Never a good idea. Oh, said Ben Franklin, don't <laughs> shut the window. We shall be suffocated. That's it? No, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. Like, cool punchline. When Adams explained that he didn't want to catch an illness from the cold night air, which, by the way, is a wives' tale. That's not how, that, that's not how illness works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franklin countered that the air in the room was even worse. Come, he told Adams, open the window and come back to bed, and I will convince you. I believe you are not acquainted with my theory of colds. Ooh, (laughs) pillow talk. This sounds like (laughs) Lucy forcing Kenyon to sit next to her and go through all of our photos from the cat cafe. We went to a cat cafe. Literally, that happened. Come, sit beside me. (laughs) That literally happened. The two of them went to the cat cafe. I was like, I'm good. I'm going to deep condition my hair and take a bath. I'll show you. I'll show you. No. No. And then... There's only 700 photos. We have time. They start here. (laughs) So so she sat me down. And and she was like, did you look at the photos? And I was like, yeah, I looked at a lot of them. And she saw where I left off. I opened my phone and I was like, no, 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 no. She didn't even get to Panini Pam. Oh, Panini Pam. Which was my favorite cat. She's <laughs> she's the she's best. I'm going to counter with my theory of cold Here, I'll tonight. show you. I'll show you a picture. Front row gets to see Panini Pam. The rest of you, well, we'll see her later. How It's a podcast. It'll be on the blog. I'm finding the, the best Panini one. Panini Pam will be on the blog. Look at her. <laughs> she's so flawless. It'll be on the Anyway, blog. the Founding Fathers. Oh, right. We're doing a show. Okay. <laughs> Snap out of it. This is not a room full of all of our closest friends yet. You're right. It okay, is. It so, is. So Ben Franklin's like, come back to bed and I will teach you about my theory of colds. Adams wrote in his journal that he drifted off to sleep listening to Ben Franklin ramble on about the cold air and respiration. <laughs> sleep with me podcast. I, lo- I love that they're just dudes. That's the first podcast. And like on tour kind of, I like really like relate to them yeah. right now on yeah. a different yeah, yeah, yeah. level. Yeah. Cool. I drifted off to Wife Swap last night. It was wonderful. I drifted off to, drifted off to My Strange Addiction and had dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I fell <laughs> I fell asleep to the story of a young man who was in 15 separate Intimate relationships with inflatable pool toys. <laughs> what did the slut. toys know about each other? They know about each other. It's totally like consensual. It's polygamous. And he only Polyamorous. has sexual relationships with a handful of them. Okay. Because he hasn't gotten to that level with the rest. Or... I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's okay. still... I mean, it TBD. It's confusing and I loved it. The answer will be on the blog. <sighs> okay. Let's, let's keep trucking. I can't. <clears throat> Inflatables. John Adams was the first president to live in the White House. When he moved in following Washington's departure, Adams found the space in great disarray, largely because Washington's servants had been having parties there. Nice. He wrote to his wife, Abigail, that there was, quote, not a chair to sit in. The beds and bedding are in a woeful pickle. The house house has been the scene of the most scandalous drinking and disorder among the servants that I have ever heard of. Doubt it. Narc. (laughs) 
And that is why he did not get a second term. Yeah. His vice president was Thomas Jefferson, but they were fierce rivals. I don't understand how that arrangement was made. But this like, looks like it used to be. This John Adams. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, that AP this history. This John Adams looks like the Danny DeVito penguin. <laughs> and it won't stop staring at me. <laughs> its eyes follow Look you. Look at TJ's weird yeah, eyes. Jefferson's eyes are but it's like one of those stress dolls that you squeeze and the eyes pop out. An Obi. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. John Adams fully skipped out on TJ's inauguration. <laughs> but uh, fate would have the last laugh. The two men died on the exact same day, July 4th, 1826. What? Exactly 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That shit cray. In fact, Adams' last words were allegedly, Thomas Jefferson survives, when in fact TJ had died mere hours earlier in Monticello. So, Weird. Monticello or Monticello? Cello. Tecumseh, Tecumseh. He died at the ripe old age of 90, probably because he left the window open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to our pal Thomas Jefferson, our Where good pal Teej. I know, it looks like it was sewn shut. It does look sewn shut. That mouth is just a scar. Blazer on. Blazer on. Boo. It's really hot. What are you saying about my arms? I think all they're saying is that the blazer is more presidential. Yeah. Yeah. It's also really fucking hot hot up here. here. And keep your loss off my body. (laughs) I'm also wearing a tampon. Need me to take that off too? Fine, I'll take off my bra. Oh, I really will, though. Okay. All right, Thomas Jefferson invented the Lazy Susan and also improved the dumbwaiter. And he had several pet mockingbirds, his favorite of whom was named Dick. Andy Dick, who crashed our our show in New Orleans. No, Dick Dick would accompany TJ with vocals while he played the violin. Bird people are the only people weirder than horse people. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, birds are... Birds are It's creepy. all bad. It's all bad. Creep fest. Their wings... Ugh, they can fly. I hate it. I just don't like the rustling. I also watched the Hitchcock movie, The Birds, at a very impressionable age. Formative. The scene when the eyes are pecked out and the camera just goes... Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, can't do it. Hate it. Though he wrote about it as merely... As being morally repugnant, T.J. seemed to love the institution of slavery. Yeah, he really got his rocks off on it. We'll get to it. In any given year, he oversaw about 200 individuals, roughly half of whom were under the age of 16. He often sold slaves in order to have them relocated far from their families as punishment. Fuck you. Piece of shit. He was Dear also diary. he was an avid journaler. <laughs> he recorded his daily routine and anything from the weather to his garden to the behavior of the animals on his property to the diets of his slaves. He may have been a talented writer. He did write the we the people stuff. That stuff. But blah, he blah, blah. had a fear of public speaking, maybe because his fucking mouth was sewn shut. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had to talk through his nose. He looks like the zombie from um, 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 Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah, he's ghoulish. Billy? Billy. Billy. He is ghoulish. That they dig up. Love him. 
had a big crush I love on his him. Hair. Oh, I had a big crush on him too. Yeah. All right, also, when the cat turned back into the guy. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't it Devin Sawa? Sure was. Yeah. It sure was. <laughs> also, just Zachary Banks. Also, just the older brother. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Thank you, Billy. My high school boyfriend kind of looked like Billy. Really did. He totally did. Yeah. All of them looked like Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Kenyon has a zombie fetish. There, we figured it out. As a worldwide traveler, Thomas Jefferson spent some time in France in the 1700s and thereby developed an affection for French foods and wines. And papier ah! mache. <laughs> I thought it would be from the stage. I fucking love it. Thank you for d- carrying the weight for us. We appreciate it. God bless. All right. God bless. One of those French foods was fucking ice cream. Yes. Whose Same. chilled, icy texture bemused visitors to the presidential home. <laughs> it's bemusing, <laughs> isn't it? Also cited were fucking French fries. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese. Oh, now we're talking. And wine. Hello. Rodney Strong. TJ kept a well-stocked wine cellar at Monticello. Founding daddies. In 1801, reporter James Callender of the Frozen Food Empire, I am sure. <laughs> Marie Callender. James that- and Marie Callender. <laughs> Claimed that TJ was having an affair with one of his slaves by the name of Sally Hemings. As all good journalists do in advance of publication, Callender brought the article to TJ and asked him for 200 bucks to bury it. TJ was like, nah, and gave him $50. <laughs> so Callender published it anyway, because fuck that guy. Nice. DNA tests show that the allegation was never validated and Calendar drowned in the James River in 1803. So much for whistleblowing. They had DNA tests in 1801. No, like later. Their, their Wait, but ancestors. I thought they had found his descendants. Not according to the mental to floss article and me. that I read. Hmm. Uh, fun fact, the father of Jefferson's wife, Martha, John Wales, had an affair with Sally's mother, Elizabeth, making Sally and Martha half-sisters, so he might have fucked his wife's half-sister. Sick. Oh, my God. There is a lot to unpack with Sally Hemings, and we're not going to go there today. Moving on, no. James Madison. Good God, how many more? There well, are we seven. Skip Monroe. What about Widow's Peak? Yeah, it's Herman deep. Munster Madison. It's deep. James Madison is the fourth president and one of the greatest driving forces behind ratifying the Constitution and writing the Bill of Rights. He also helped negotiate the Louisiana Purchase and held office during the War of 1812. Madison and Aaron Burr, who shot and killed Alexander Hamilton, and who was also TJ's vice president for one term, were classmates at Princeton. So all of these dudes were like one big frat, honestly. Hate it. Mm -hmm. Burr... Burr also introduced Madison to his future wife, Dolly, who was 17 years his junior. Nice. What? But for a womanizing frat dude, James Madison was a total dork. At five foot four and 100 pounds, he had collected every Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) That is tough work. Still working on that. Hey, that's hard. (laughs) That takes commitment. It does. There's so many Pokemon. I can't keep up. 
Madison was a slight, often sickly man who suffered attacks somewhat resembling epilepsy his whole life. I feel like everybody had epilepsy back then. They Uh were just like, nah, not sure. Epilepsy. Uh For sure. There's ghosts in your blood. Do Mm -hmm. cocaine about it. (laughs) (laughs) The good old days. He served briefly in the Virginia militia, but took a desk job as a politician ASAP. Wonder why. Nerd. His delicate little face was on the $5,000 bill back when they printed a fucking $5,000 bill. We still need these. A $5,000 bill. Why? (laughs) Only for drug dealers. It was in like 1790. What the fuck? I would pay five months in a row of rent with a $5,000 bill. If they still made these, I'd be like, who's your worm guy? Who's your worm guy? I need to move to Philly. You're totally right. She's moving to Philly. At the bar, at the bar, I told her, this is a gutter snipe town, and you are a gutter snipe. I love it here so much. Yes. My family vacations in Cape May County, so, like, I come through Philly all the time. But I have formed a deep bond with this city in the last couple days. We've been here 32 hours. I'm looking at apartments, baby. I'm looking at apartments. (laughs) Stay tuned. I have. Give me your suggestions after the show. I will literally (laughs) write them down. I'm not kidding. All right. We got like three or four more people to go, so we're moving on. All right. All right. Fine. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. He also didn't appear to have any noteworthy habits or hobbies besides reading Latin and Greek literature in their original languages and playing chess. And polishing his wig cap. (laughs) It's so shiny. I told you. He's sickly. It's silk. (laughs) He was also apparently a fan of oyster-flavored ice cream. Are you fucking kidding? (laughs) That is foul. No. I love oysters. I love ice cream. No. Not even in the same meal, honestly. I mean, the same meal, but like separated by a salad. It might just be like salt-flavored ice cream, which I could get behind. I mean, there were some just fucked salt. up, fucked up salt. dishes. Not salted caramel, just salt. There's yeah. salt in ice cream. Salt That's how you make ice, ice cream. cream. We know. <laughs> ben Franklin. Ooh. Now we're talking. Daddy. That is a fucking founding daddy right yeah, there. Yeah, right? Ugh, the he way was... he has his hand right by the neck. And he knows how to choke during foreplay, which it's got to be down by the base. You don't want to be up here. You don't want to collapse anything. You got to keep it like down by the collarbone, supported by the collarbone, so it restricts some airflow, causing that erotic, autoerotic asphyxiation. But it's not actually going to put you at risk of being choked. Teach your partner how to choke in bed. Thank you. Anyway, you take done? away. Yeah, I'm done. Got really excited. Any more advice you want to give? Nope, uh, I'm fine. I think for now, I'm just. I got really excited. What about nipple tweaking? <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Only with bifocals on. Only with bifocals on. We'll get to the bifocals. <laughs> we'll get to the nipple tweaking. I'm bifocal sexual. I'm ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna love the bifocal photo. I cannot wait. All right, Ben Franklin, not a president, but he was an exquisite swimmer and is considered one of the most brilliant Americans of his lifetime and sexiest. Yep. 
Didn't Ben Franklin have he syphilis? Was an exquisite swimmer. <laughs> I love I'm not this wearing any pantaloons. So <laughs> oh god. All right, so considered one of the most brilliant Americans despite only going to a formal school for 2 years before joining his family soap and candle making business. He spent all he had the money an Etsy shop. Yeah. <laughs> He spent all the money he had to buy books and taught himself to write by memorizing essays and articles and then rewriting them from memory. Dork. Snooze. (laughs) Naked. Benny Franks also worked as an indentured servant at his older brother's print shop where he was worked to the bone and often beaten. Brothers, am I right? His brother had him as an indentured servant. His brother was a dick. Damn, that fine. is cold. It's fine. My <laughs> sister would do that to me in oh, a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> You're an indentured sister. <laughs> yes. In the 1720s, his brother started his own newspaper called the New England Courant. Current? Papier mâché. 16-year-old Ben began secretly submitting essays and commentary under the nom de plume Silence Do Good. Ooh, deep throat. Who has seen National Treasure? Yes. Yes. Now, when are we going to get to Nick Cage? (laughs) As soon as you shut the fuck up and stop interrupting me every other second. Oh, cute. Like, that's going to (laughs) happen. We're going to be here for a while then. God bless her. Silence Do Good, a fictitious widow who mused about everything from fashion to women's rights to religion. (laughs) The letters were so popular that Mrs. Do Good received several marriage proposals. When Ben finally came out as Mrs. Do Good, his brother was insanely jealous, and Ben flounced off to Philadelphia, where he had lived for the rest of his life. Although he began his new life in Philadelphia penniless. Penniless. (laughs) He became enormously wealthy over the next 20 years, working as a land speculator, a print shop owner, and a publisher of Poor Richard's Almanac. Amazing. Really raked it in with that one. He was able to semi-retire at the age of 42 as a gentleman of leisure. My dream. Damn it. Gentleman of leisure. (sighs) Yeah. With that wig. With that wig. With my back. And pretty much did whatever the fuck he felt like after that, including serving as a delegate to the Continental Congress and Constitutional Convention, as well as a diplomat and ambassador to France and Sweden. Whatever. Just girly things. Semi-retired. He was the first millennial, not having one career his whole life. Basically. Uh, I just like that he was semi-retired, and he's like, I'll be the ambassador to France. Whatever. Why not? They have that weird ice cream, right? The oyster ice cream, right? I love that shit. He was the first postmaster general. He also invented a couple of things, like bifocals. Yes. <laughs> God. They really enhanced the bags under your eyes. I thought you'd like his one brown tooth, too. I do like a dead tooth. The lightning rod. Mm-hmm. Swim fins. Okay. He was an exquisite swimmer. swimmer. He was. <laughs> The odometer. Ooh. And the flexible urinary catheter. Oh my god, you literally mentioned catheters earlier. I know, but before this invention, it wasn't flexible. It was just a fucking straight rod. (laughs) Someone goes, yes! (laughs) 
I like your kinks. I don't agree, but I like them. So none of these things he ever filed a patent for because he felt like they were so useful that, like, everyone should have access to them. So good on you. Good for him. He also kind of invented American celebrity. He was so well-known as being smart and witty, and he'd, been, he'd published so many things that when he traveled to France as ambassador, Parisians bought, like, snuff boxes and medallions and engravings of his portrait. I want I that. Need that. Yeah. I need that. He was, like, the first international we celebrity. We need crime snuff, snuff boxes. <laughs> Only if the same artist does our faces. So one eye is like twice as big as the other one. Yeah, and like sagging halfway down the face. (laughs) Accurate depiction. Uh, He was also kind of a fashionista in France. With both men and women emulating his fur hat style. Also, every fourth grade teacher in the world looks like this. Every single one. Yep. Mine was Mrs. She was kind of a cold hearted bitch, but you learn cursive. So mean. Did you finish your mouse and the motorcycle chapter assignments? That's what we read in fourth grade. I didn't. Okay, Alexander Hamilton, oh, better, most widely known as Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> Alex Hamilton was born on the small Caribbean island of Nevis. Maybe Nevis? Let's call it Nevis. There's no way to know. Either in 1755 or 1757. Born out of wedlock, his father abandoned the family when he was young, and shortly thereafter his mother died, leaving Alex orphaned. In August 1772, a teenaged Alex was working as a clerk when a hurricane ravaged the island. He wrote about the incident in a letter that was so beautifully written that it was published in the Royal Danish American Gazette. They were just desperate to publish for anything. Well, people think of how bored. many people were literate. Back they didn't then. have yeah. Bravo. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't watch Lisa Rinna in her fucking lips. So we needed Lin Manuel Miranda Hamilton. To readers, regale us with stories of storms. Readers quickly formed a GoFundMe to send the young genius <laughs> to King's College, now Columbia University in New York City. During the Revolutionary War, he led a battalion with George Washington, wrote the Federalist Papers, blah, 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 go see the fucking musical. After the war, <laughs> Alex and his future murderer, Aaron Burr, were both excellent lawyers in New York City. While they frequently argued case, opposing cases, they collaborated on a few as well, including People versus Levi Weeks. This case, which took place in 1800, is recognized as the first U.S. murder trial for which we have a formal record. Good job! They got him off. They got Levi Weeks off. All right. First acquittal. Fun fact, J.P. Morgan Chase, the company, owns the guns used in the famous Hamilton versus Burr duel. It wasn't the guy in that Got Milk commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Alexander Hamilton founded the New York Post, originally called the New York Evening Post, and something tells me he's rolling over in his grave. He helped found a whole bunch of useful shit that really shaped the country, including the First National Bank, the U.S. Mint, and the Coast Guard. He's gorgeous. It's kind of hot, I'm not going to lie. He's gorgeous. Look at his nose. His nose and his chin were put on earth by God to pleasure my vagina. And your anus at Look the same time. Look how perfectly my, my cock and balls would just nestle right in that 
that valley of mouth. Good God. Can I continue? I went to Hamilton College and this is ruining some memories. You can continue reading, just keep it on this slide for a minute. Oh, I got a long paragraph to go, don't you worry. I need time. (sighs) Yup. Hot Snape. Snape's kind of hot. A freshly washed. Really tan. Really tan, though. Bronzer. Keep going. He also invested in an organization that developed one of the first industrial centers in the U.S. in Patterson, New Jersey. And I had to ask Kenyon if it was pronounced Paterson or Patterson. Did I nail it? Papier-Mâché. It's Patterson. That's an easy one. (laughs) Papier-Mâché. God damn it. Okay, here's a fun story for you. How do you say it? In 19... Wait, nope, that's not right. In 1791... Nailed it. Alex was married, and he met a young lady who told him that she was down on her luck because her husband had left her with a young child, and she had no money. Because Alex was an orphan himself, (laughs) he took pity on her, gave her some money, and also boned her. Hopefully not. (laughs) Turns out the lady and her husband had schemed to extort even more money from Hamilton because he was at the height of his political career, and they assumed that he would pay them off with, with hush money, which he did. Meanwhile, the husband was caught up in a different scandal and told the cops about the thing with Alex, alleging that he had used government funds for the cover-up. Alex was like, oh, I fucked her, but I did not use government money <laughs> to keep her quiet. Never misuse campaign funds. So he was so, like, eager to squash this rumor that he published a lengthy pamphlet in his own defense when the allegations went public. I couldn't find much about what his actual wife, like, how his actual wife felt about this, but alas, his political career was basically over by then anyway. Bye. Oh, my God, I love it. He did not deny the affair at all. He just denied, like, any wrongdoing, misspending the people's money. He was really into money. Yep. And ladies. Literally into ladies. Inside of ladies. All right, last but not least, but actually maybe least, John Jay. Don't change the slide. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. You might be asking, who? Oh, really? This is John Jay. From. Huge fan of huge sleeves. Like sleeve of wizard. She big. He's hiding like children she under there. He's hiding his illegitimate tiny cousin. laptop, emotional support snacks. animals. <laughs> also hiding his Beats by Dre under there. Birds, <laughs> snacks, emotional support dogs. He was clowns. a lawyer who did a lot of shit like sign the Treaty of Paris, was governor of New York, was the first chief of justice of the U.S., was the first secretary of state, directed foreign policy for like a decade, led the Federalist Party, was the ambassador to Spain, and was a Capricorn. So why do we not know like anything about him? Didn't he just have like a horrible PR person? Must have. His publicist was like, not great. You're not cute, so we're not going to promote all the amazing things you do. He was politically against slavery as he compared the British treatment of slaves to the British treatment of the colonists. But like, he still owned slaves. So... What the fuck? He also had a tendency to purchase slaves and then free them once he had judged that they had worked enough to compensate for their price. Not good enough. He walked the line. 
1795, the U.S. was on the brink of a trade war with Britain, and President George Washington super wanted to avoid that war. So he had our pal Alex Hamilton write a little negotiation roadmap and sent J.J. over to Britain to make it happen, Captain. The meeting was successful and resulted in the Jay Treaty, which facilitated 10 years of peaceful trade between the two countries. Good on you, Jay. Honestly, this unfinished charcoal illustration of the Treaty of Paris perfectly describes John Jay. <laughs> oh, no. while, he Burn. A, while he led a remarkable life, I couldn't find any interesting funny facts about the guy. So when I googled John Jay fun facts, it was like, did you mean John Jay facts? And all of the URLs were from, like, study.com. So Dot we're going to leave it there. We covered him because we had to. That's all I got for you. You have heard us talk about Ring, the company behind those video doorbells and security cameras, but did you know that they have an app to help you stay informed about crime and safety events in your neighborhood? It's completely free, and it's by the Neighbors app by Ring. With Neighbors, you can receive real-time crime and safety alerts from your neighbors. It's like the new neighborhood watch, but it's an app. It's accessible anywhere, and anyone can join. You don't even need to own a Ring device. I love it. I had a bicycle recently stolen off of my deck, and that was a nightmare, but I was able to get on the Neighbors app, alert my neighbors about some crime in our neighborhood. This is not a normal situation. We don't have a very crimey neighborhood, so I felt like I had to warn my neighbors because Lord knows they have bikes laying around too. Uh, Also, not to brag, but I've like rescued a couple of dogs before, and it was really nice to just hop on that Neighbors app, see who's missing a dog, find out who to contact. Love it. That's why I have a backup leash. It's literally why I have a backup dog leash. Comes in handy. So if you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, download the free Neighbors app today. Go to ring.com forward slash wine crime to download from the Apple or Android app stores. Again, that is ring.com forward slash wine crime. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app by Ring. Treat your neighborhood. If you're a fan of this show, you know how much self-care means to us. That is some important you time. And what better way to treat yourself to some you time than with some lovely new samples of skincare, of personalized samples, of beauty stuff. That's what Birchbox delivers to you, literally delivers to your door. Birchbox's revolutionary subscription box and e-ship model makes it easy to discover products you might have never tried. You can get a monthly subscription of personalized samples and online shop where you can buy full-size versions of the samples that you love. I got a Birchbox a couple weeks ago. It came just in time for me to go back out on the road on our summer tour. I got this really nice little bronzer sample, some beautiful lotions, some SPF, which is so important given the hot, hot, hot climates that we're in. Everything smells so great. It's in a perfect little travel size. I already know that I'm going to purchase the full-size sample or the full-size versions of some of these because they are incredible. Birchbox is an accessible and convenient way to discover new products. The samples come to you. They are personalized. They ask you what kinds of things you want, what kind of skincare concerns that you have. You can tell them your hair type, 
your beauty preferences, you can tell about your lifestyle. Birchbox takes your profile into account when curating your box every month so you know that those products are especially chosen for you. Cannot recommend it enough. And again, it is wonderful for life on the road and honestly, life just in your bathroom when you don't want all of your cosmetics taking up all of your counter space. I love it. So go to birchbox.com forward slash gals and use promo code gals to get $5 off your first Birchbox. One more time, go to birchbox.com forward slash gals and use promo code gals to get five bucks off your first Birchbox. Treat your beauty. All right. <clears throat> so thank you. When the American colonies went to war with the British Empire for their independence, few would have put their money on the colonies. This is just the plot of Star Wars. (laughs) 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 What was that? Chewie, read a book, watch a movie. Read a book. (laughs) Britain. There are Star Wars books. Britain had wealth amassed by enslaving half the world, uh, experience putting down rebellions, a powerful navy, which actually mattered, and it was unified under a single ruler. He was insane and probably had syphilis, but he was one man. Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) Penicillin to the ass would have cleared that right up. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the colonies were bickering amongst themselves, and they were deaf, the underdog. The American founding fathers were already committing high treason against the crown. To the British at the time, they were murderers and traitors of the highest order, like my co-hosts. And... (laughs) She voted for Trump. Ew! We have proof. It's in the Mueller report. It's redacted. She's named. <laughs> I'm, I'm individual forty-seven. <laughs> oh my god! And their actions led to the deaths of tens of thousands of British soldiers. Photo. So for, the, so for he's revolutionaries, throwing in... Spectre. He's so white. He's a tall so, gray. He's so pale. It's the Slender Man. Um, <laughs> George Washington Slender, Slender Man. Um, he's so, a cryptid for sure. <laughs> for, for revolutionaries, throwing in a little espionage, theft, subterfuge, assassination, assassination... And a whole host of other dirty, underhanded tricks was no big deal. In fact, these were key to the colonists' victories. They had to be scrappy. Many historians believe that without the incredible work of the Revolutionary War spies, America would have lost the war, and no spies played a more prominent role in the war than those known as the Culper Ring. Nice. Yeah. It's blurry because I screenshotted a random thing off Google is Image that a baby? Search. Is there a baby in there? <laughs> in yeah. the center? Maybe. Maybe, baby. This scary scowly man is. I looking would not at the baby. be surprised if they like hid messages in a baby's cloth diaper. They were just whatever it took, man. Top middle is kind of hot though. 
Yeah, I'm here for pixelated. Oh, we're gonna get to him. We're gonna I get to him. I love like a very robust hairline. Well, yeah, you do yeah. actually. Your most recent bow. <laughs> yeah. Look in the mirror. Girlfriend. Looks like a monster. The hairline's real with that one. Okay. So, spies in the Culper Ring were loyal agents of the cause, serving the war for independence, doing just as much damage or more as any military commander. So, the year is 1778. The British occupy New York, and the war has reached a fever pitch. Pretty much all of my case takes place in New York, but, like, just pretend it's Philly. Okay. (laughs) George Washington, ever heard of him? (laughs) General of the Revolutionary <laughs> Forces orders Benjamin Talmadge to <laughs> look at how adorable he's such a little baby muffin. He's a little baby. He's tiny widow speak. It's he so didn't do anything wrong. So, so George baby. Washington orders this little baby. We literally saw a dog that looked exactly <laughs> like that today. It was a chihuahua, Suki. and it bit my face. It bit her in the face. I wanted it to love me and it bit my face. I'm going to print out this photo and frame it and like just keep it just to look at it and feel reassured. So this dude is in charge of uh, obtaining and managing intelligence assets with access to British forces, effectively transforming his military role into that of spy master general. How can you not trust him? Look at his face. I trust him. I would trust him with my life and my children's <laughs> a life. A thousand percent. Your children being my cats, unborn. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. My cats. So Talmadge began forming strands of information that wound their way into New York City, Long Island, and Connecticut. Woo! The new spy ring began to form, and members started using pseudonyms to identify one another. Unfortunately, these pseudonyms were equally as white and boring as their real names. Oh, no. no. It was like, what the fuck? For example, Abraham Woodhull, the guy you think is hot, not that guy. Yeah. uh, Went by Samuel Culper. Hello. So this is not him. This is an actor portraying him. I don't don't care. Because it's a photograph. In my fantasy, yeah. that's him. Look at his little hair tuft. That's for grabbing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Handlebars. That's a handlebar Handle right bar. there. <laughs> Handle daddy. <laughs> but he quickly fell under suspicion by the British, so he recruited Agent Robert Townsend. Oh, oh sorry, I was fantasizing. Boo. Boo, Robert Townsend. He's not hot. You hunched bastard. So the first Where is guy- your neck? <laughs> it's gone. Why do you have so many breasts? <laughs> People so, ask me that all the time, though. So the first, guy's, the first guy's pseudonym was Samuel Culper. Right. And this guy's pseudonym was Samuel Culper Jr. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's way older. No than relation. I am. Could not have senior, made that. Senior, junior, That's senior, so junior. <laughs> so don't worry. Their spying ingenuity surpassed their code naming ingenuity. He looks like Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like exactly. Channing Tatum, Steve Carell. Channing Tatum, Steve Carell. 
senior, so, junior. You're a winner. <laughs> so the Culper ring used newly devised invisible ink, which any it's other nerds ring. out there in the audience totally used to play with that in middle school. Urine. Yeah. Sent away for the kit. It's urine. It's urine. Yeah. <laughs> Sent away for the kit of, of urine. urine. <laughs> Amanda still does. Um, to send dispatches. Stopping in taverns and store backrooms and hiding missives inside financial ledgers and charts. The group also devised a series of codes and inscriptions to obfuscate the messages should their reports be somehow discovered. These codes were so effective that many of the Culper Ring's agent names are unknown even today. They, like, couldn't crack the codes. Culper Jr. <laughs> Culper Jr. and Culper Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Tough one. <laughs> we can only assume that they were Samuel Culper III, Samuel <laughs> Culper IV, Dante Culpepper... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So, I'm so drunk. That was so funny. Good job. I'm crying. So, James Rivington, slide. Riveting Rivington. Oh. He looks has like my name. Probably lupus. Um, has probably lupus. Because of his long Because of his cheeks. Your cheeks, nose, and cheeks. It's fine. Um, Just a forehead you can land a plane on. So he's one of the spies in the spy ring. On May 10th, 1775, hostilities break out between the American colonies and the British. At the outset of the conflict, Rivington and his wife were running a printing press churning out pro-British propaganda. Boo. But one day, the Sons of Liberty, which sounds like fucking some Ted Cruz bullshit. That's like a show on FX, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, with like tiki torches (laughs) and like motorcycles and a pawn shop. Um, So the Sons of Liberty stormed this printer's shop and destroyed his lead press, converting the metal into bullets for their cause. Upcycling. That same day, revolutionaries also burned dude's home to the ground. So... He's having a really bad day. He just needs to go to the cat cafe. Yes, Yes, he he does. does. Let me show you. (laughs) God damn it. Look what you've done. Panini Pam. pictures of Panini Pam coming at you. I like Bagel and Locks. Bagel and Locks were so cute. Bagel and I spent a lot of time. It's going on the drive. I will put all 96 photos on the drive. You have fun. Let's keep going. James and his family fled temporarily to England, where his loyalty to the crown was rewarded by being named the King's Printer in New York. (laughs) Sorry, Panini is so cute. King's Printer, I'm following. James made his way back to New York and opened another store. When the British... When the British attacked and a general evacuation order for New York was sounded... Rivington stayed put since he was protected by the British. Sure, 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 sure. I'm following. Mm-hmm. I yeah, get this. there will be a quiz. Who's British? <laughs> <laughs> Panini Pam. Yeah. Harry Potter. Cats in wigs. Cats, Cats in wigs. 
few people had more reason to hate the American rebels or be more trusted by the British Empire than Panini, Panini Pam. Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Which is precisely what made him such an exquisite spy. Yeah, oh, spy. Swimmer. Swimmer. She's a shedder, though. I love her, but she's a shedder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Panini Pam passed messages about British activities to the Culper Ring inside the cover boards of books, which were carried by unsuspecting customers. Wah, wah. These folks never knew that they had been part of anything clandestine. In New York, or Philly, whatever, why not? Uh, <laughs> Panini Pam was ostracized, hated by his peers, and even beaten by a group called the Liberty Boys. Ew. Jersey Boys. The younger, cooler version of the Sons of Liberty, like CB2 to Crate and Barrel. <laughs> the Liberty Boys musical is coming this summer. Jersey Boys. To your Hotel Boys. W. I did see Jersey Boys live. Of you did. A fucking course yeah. you did. <laughs> and I lived in New Jersey at the time, and it was great. Oh Kenyon is everyone's grandma. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's shocking. It's amazing. Like, she's so, like, young and vibrant in so hair. many ways. With my she, back. She put this wig on, and she was like, I am here. But also, like, Lang. we will take a photo of her tomorrow morning when she wakes up. That's her hair. That's her actual hair. She wakes up like this. My husband bad. literally talks about my George Washington hair when I wake up. She yeah. literally woke up like this. It's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I did. All right. James's, or sorry, Panini's cover was so <laughs> strong that his involvement with the Culper Ring wasn't discovered until hundreds of years after his death by historians in 1950. So he kept that shit on lock. Everyone was like ostracizing him, like you're a fucking loyalist, blah, blah, blah. And actually he like saved the fucking colonies. His guilt was revealed by Ancestry.com slash 23andMe DNA Right. Thanks, Paul Holes. Yeah. <laughs> he blows the spice cover. Oh my god. Oh, and he was Paul, the Golden State Killer. It's amazing. Wait, Paul Holes was the Golden State Killer? Yes, he pinned it on James D'Angelo. Hi, Paul. Sorry, Paul. We love you. Okay. He's fine. He Photo. Okay. Busty lady. This looks like a failed face swap. <laughs> She has a five o'clock shadow. This looks like a face a face swap with my ex boyfriend. <laughs> oh my god! Rhymes with Stan. Ever heard of it? So Fran. Anna Smith. He didn't have a chin either. <laughs> he kind of didn't though. He really didn't. <laughs> Anna Smith Strong, and this is just a an artist's portrayal, not probably necessarily her. Sure. Was one of the Culper no, Ring's <laughs> most important agents and yeah, also one of its only known female secret agents. Ooh, Anna nice. Strong was an American patriot who risked life and limb to secretly signal information to agents in the rest of New York City slash Philadelphia mm-hmm. using a series of visual markers. She lived on Strong Point, and her clothesline was visible from Long Island Sound. In order, with her massive bra, <laughs> yeah, her bra was visible, <laughs> flapping in the wind. 
my God, I could do that. I know, her bras. Ken- Kenyon's suitcase was overweight at the airport. <laughs> she took out one bra. She took out one bra and it made 20 it 20 pounds lighter. It was shocking. I got, the girls are strong. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Pamela Anderson Lang. <laughs> So in order to signal for a meeting between agents of the Culper Ring and a man named Caleb Brewster, Anna would hang a black petticoat from her clothesline. Mm, Got it. Caleb Brewster captained a whale boat, but he'd given up hunting whales, thank Christ, and instead hunted the British along the edges of their shipping lanes. Brewster made it dangerous to ship goods to the British, but when his ship eventually had to land in New York slash Philly to resupply, he would need to know where it was safe to land and also needed to use this opportunity to receive more information from the culpa ring of the plans of British sailors. Hello. Anna Strong would also hang a corresponding number of handkerchiefs, or panties, out (laughs) with the petticoat in order to signal which of six predetermined coves were safe for the meeting spot. Song. It's cove number one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the cove deep into the bay. (laughs) You can go right through the channel. G-string, it's at Devil's Point. What does crotchless stand for? <laughs> Turn around, go back. There's nowhere to it's land. It's not safe. <laughs> the Atlantic. <laughs> you got a lot of rooms. Or, just, or just literally anywhere. Yep. Just anywhere. We give it up. Just land wherever you want. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm going to be sleeping. Just trying I'm to do my gonna fucking laundry. Yeah. <laughs> gonna so I have a headache. <laughs> The granny panties are don't land at all. (laughs) Or true love. (laughs) Don't land at all. Right. (laughs) So this also signaled Culper Ring agents where they should meet Brewster and deliver more information. Brewster and the agents who met him continued their important work throughout the war and were never caught thanks to Anna. And her crashless panties. Yeah. Her enormous brassiers. After the war, she lived a quiet, unassuming life with her husband in the country that she helped win. Oh, Anna. And last but not least, the most fascinating and perhaps most important member of the Culper Spiring is also its most mysterious. Most smartest. (laughs) They went simply by the code name Agent 355. That's not how many days there are in a year. <laughs> the <Do> I- math. <laughs> that wasn't what they were going for. And sure, we'll, okay. And we'll get to it. The identity of this crucial fighter in the Revolutionary War is, to this day, unknown, other than the fact that they were another woman. Woman, W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. Look at that horse. Where do we do karaoke in Philly? Yeah. Yeah. Philly tweet okay. us, tweet us, tweet us okay, good. your karaoke suggestions. Okay. Uh, the identity of the Larry said that in a letter to George Washington, Agent Abraham, Abraham Woodhall, the guy you had the hots for, yep. described oh, her as, quote, one who hath been ever serviceable to this correspondence. Mm, you're welcome. Amanda has Same. been 
half men ever serviceable mm, to many a gentleman. Yep. That's what she leaves on the post-it note before she <laughs> leaves out the back door at the crack of dawn. Actually, this one time, I did have a one-night stand uh, right around Christmas time, and all I had, I needed to leave. I was like, I, I'm not sleeping here, and he was passed out. And all I had in my bag I were blank Christmas cards. Yeah, yeah. And I just pulled one out and wrote, thanks for the sex, and left it next to the pillow and left. It's like, bye. Yeah. I gotta go. Slept like a baby in my own fucking bed. It's like can Woo! It's like Cancun Matt. <laughs> Cancun Matt. Has anyone found him yet? No. That's fine. I'm pretty On sure spring he break in, like, in college City. once, I gave a dude a PJ, and then he tried to meet up with me the next day, and I was like really not feeling it. And he like found us at the bar, and I was like. We'll always have last night. No, you did not say that, you yeah. dramatic bitch. Yes, yes. And I can tell we'll the rest of this story. She, no. was, she was outside on the sidewalk about to get into the cab, and the guy was like, wait, can I at least have your number? And she said, we'll always have last night. Gets in the cab and speeds away. <laughs> I wasn't even there, and it was the most beautiful exit. Your second most beautiful, the first of which being that guy trying to kiss you when you were sitting on a hill, and you just went, whoop, and I rolled, I rolled down the hill. I literally tucked and rolled. She's yeah, the queen, for real, for queen of real. avoiding uncomfortable <laughs> romantic situations. Didn't say a word and just too good at. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Made the noise too. Whoop whoop! <laughs> <laughs> he taught Barrel me how to drive rolls. stick shift. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I okay. know this one. He wanted to. Yeah, yeah he wanted to. Okay, so um, deciphering code around Agent 355's name was tricky, but eventually historians discovered that 355 meant lady in Culper Ring code. Okay. So the code name indicates her gender and could also indicate her social status, although there are theories that Agent 355 could well have been a woman of color. Yeah. That would have been nice. Would have been nice. So this is obviously not Agent 355. Actual photograph this is from a photograph. But this Google is an actress. <laughs> no, it's an actress playing Agent 355 oh, on a show. Oh my God. It's a picture of Lizzo just comes up <laughs> in a bonnet. Fucking love that quote. All right, next slide. Same actress playing same character. Okay. Uh-huh, okay. Working, uh, so working in the home of prominent loyalists. There's also a modern day comic book that draws inspiration from this case and portrays a character named Agent 355 as a woman of color. All right, now we're talking. They can say fuck in comic books? (laughs) Yeah. She lights a cigarette. I love her. Getting real Michonne vibes. I like 355. But little is known about this spy's true identity. Oh, I have to burp. 
Get it out. All right. We're wasted. We're going to be here all fucking night. Yeah. I haven't even done my case yet. It's fine. <laughs> it's believed Agent 355 may have discovered a planned sneak attack on French allies as well as a series of attempted kidnappings and assassinations planned for American military leaders, including George Washington himself. So she saved George Washington's life. This comic book character. Fuck yeah. Good job, I guess. It must have been very frustrating for the British to keep launching attacks only to have their target be nowhere to be found. Agent 355 is also believed to have had a major role in uncovering and apprehending the greatest attempted betrayal of the war. I love a betrayal. Her connections seem to be within circles of British loyalists, including the head of the British intelligence in America. She may have even had personal contacts with John Andre. 3,000. Mm-hmm. Slide. Ooh. So nah, boyish. Andre, All of these people with these crazy titles were like 19 years old. Well, the life expectancy was like 23, <laughs> so you had to achieve a, a lot. lot real quick. He clearly cut his neck shaving like real bad. <laughs> just gauze. He's 15 at the most. It's not a collar. It's just it's gauze. gauze. <laughs> Next slide. <laughs> just a color version. I love it. <laughs> it's the same they went harder fucking on the thing. Brows. They went harder on the brows in the second photo. Horde brows. <laughs> Light brows. Uh, Horde brows. <laughs> so information uh, from Agent 355 revealed that John Andre was in talks with a prominent American military commander who was about to switch sides. And anyone know who that might have been? Thank oh you. Oh, my God. Eggs, Eggs Benedict. Benedict. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're Major so General cute. Eggs Benedict Arnold's <laughs> photo. Side of bacon. Oh, was about to turn over vitally important American military fort and garrison information to the British, which would have been a devastating loss for the American forces. And also... He did his jowls. I am descended oh. from Benedict Arnold by marriage. Traitor. Not blood. He's not blood. Traitor. Can you be a descendant by marriage? He married my blood ancestor. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure, we'll let you have it. Zach's it's your ancestor. husband's ancestor. No, he's mine, but his blood does not course through my veins. Yes. John Andre was behind enemy lines facilitating the transfer when a net began to close in around him. Who's a net? <laughs> Panini Pam? Who's a net? Okay, that's like when I was in Vegas and I was on a bunch of drugs and I was really drunk and I was walking down the strip and people hand out those like come to our strip club little like cards or whatever. And this guy comes up to me, and he answers this card. He's like, you feel this? And I was like, don't call me Phyllis. <laughs> Hammered. I was blasting out of my mind, and he just looked at me like slack jaw. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> don't hey, call I'll be me there. Phyllis. <laughs> oh, my God. Call her Phyllis, Phyllis from now on. <laughs> With this wig, you can call her Phyllis. fully Phyllis right now. Phyllis is like my dirty grandma alter ego. 
So John Andre nearly slipped away disguised in civilian clothes. He's a bad guy. Nobody's following this. It's fine. But was apprehended just in time, tried, and executed. And I like to imagine Lady 355 swirling and sipping a nice glass of red wine in a Mm. plastic cup. Smirking knowingly as, mustache. <laughs> as he was led to the gallows. Unfortunately, turncoat Benedict Arnold learned of Andre's capture before he himself could be apprehended and he fled to England. So, nose got away. Whoa. What Hello. do we wish our costumes looked like? <laughs> she is serving revolutionary Great looks. looks. Theories about Agent 355's identity are numerous. Some believe that she was actually Anna Smith-Strong, the first bitch, Mm. uh, performing more than just the petticoat duties. Uh, She's wearing two different outfits on each side of her body. I love her. No, the epaulette, like one epaulette signals like your status, and if you have two epaulettes, it's like a different rank. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Keep up. Keep up. Okay. Watch Bravo. Watch Star Wars. Um, But Anna did not have the kind of social connections or status that Agent 355 clearly enjoyed. So I don't think it was the same woman. I think, God forbid, there were two or more female spies. What? What? So it's more likely that 355 was the wife of a British loyalist and a secret American patriot, duping her husband and his British allies into thinking that she was just an obedient woman. I like this theory. Well, a shitload of eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, all along slaying and passing information through to the Americans. There's a rumor that Agent 355... 355- that Agent She's 355 fine. may have been epilepsy. arrested alongside her loyalist Who husband doesn't? following the fall of Benedict Arnold and may have even died on a prison ship. But many historians point out that women were not kept on British prison ships. I have two more sentences. I'm just trying to get through this. And there was no record of her death. So we don't know for sure, but she's a fucking badass, so let's all just hope she made it through the war. She did. I can tell. Whatever the truth is, she's fucking legendary, she is amazing, and uh, she fucking slayed. So that is my case. Getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. Lord knows. It's about learning healthier habits and feeling better about yourself, whether that's more stamina to keep up with your busy life. Maybe getting up the stairs without running out of breath. (laughs) That's my personal issue. Finally, getting into those goal genes, being more in tune with your body's needs or practicing more self-care or just generally feeling good. I personally have like gut health issues and I know that when I eat right, when I pay attention to what I'm consuming, my stomach feels better, my mood is generally better, and Noom really helps me get there. Noom is a habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop new relationships with food through personalized courses. They have such fun little classes that you can take, and they have a goal specialist that you can chat with whenever. Also, the Noom community helps you get and give help to people going through the exact same things as you. We are all strapped for time. Noom just asks you to commit 10 minutes a day for yourself. I did lose a few pounds on Noom, but again, that is not the most important part. I was just feeling 
I was feeling great. I was getting up those stairs. It felt good to just cook and eat food purposefully and pay attention to what you're eating, how you're cooking it. It really affects so many more areas of your life and your health than just your weight. So you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com forward slash gals. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com forward slash gals to start your trial today. One more time, that is Noom.com forward slash gals, the last weight loss program you will ever need. I don't know about you, but I do a lot of traveling in the summertime, and not only am I constantly thirsty because it's hot outside, but my skin really takes a toll. I'm really frequently dehydrated, which is funny because I feel like I'm always drinking various things. So I have started to use Liquid IV to help my hydration. It's amazing. Normally your body only absorbs like 20 to 25% of the water you you consume. Liquid IV helps your body absorb up to 75% of the water you consume. So it can, can, can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. And because I'm doing a lot of traveling, there's lots of TSA checkpoints. Liquid IV comes in a powdered form, so it's TSA friendly. You can just stick it in your bag, get through security, go fill up your water bottle, dump some in. And because you are consuming less liquid and absorbing more, you don't have to get up and go to the bathroom quite so many times on the airplane. So I love Liquid IV, and I know that you will too. Right now, our listeners get 25% off at liquidiv.com when you use our code GALS at checkout. That is 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. So go to liquidiv.com, enter our promo code GALS to get your savings and start getting better hydration, better skin. It's very real. One more time, that is liquidiv.com. Use that promo code GALS. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. So we just discovered Frank and Oak. It is a it is clothing for men and women curated by a combination of amazing stylists and AI. The future is now, people. The process is so simple. You tell them a little bit about yourself by taking a style quiz. You know we love a quiz. Preview your monthly subscription box. Then you can take seven days to decide what you love and send back what you don't really love. Their clothes are so cute. They are sustainable, which you know I love. They take environmentally conscious clothing to the next level. With an emphasis on recycled materials and reducing waste, many of their products are made with minimal impact on the environment. So they make a difference, they make an impact, and they're super, super cute. I spent an inordinate amount of time on the Frank and Oak website choosing my uh, subscription items, and I am so excited to get home and try them on. They're sitting in my living room right now, and I'm like 6,000 miles away. It's making me so sad. But Amanda got hers, and she has these cute little t-shirts made out of hemp, and they've got little rolled up sleeves, and they're so soft, and they're so cute. So we love them. Also, their style plan is flexible. It is a subscription with plenty of flexibility. You can customize your choices and confirm what you'll be getting in your subscription box before it ships. You can skip a month. You can cancel anytime. And as always, shipping and returns are always free. So go discover what your wardrobe has been missing. Go to frankandoak.com forward slash gals to get 25 bucks off your first subscription box and try the style plan by Frank and Oak, completely risk-free. Again, that is Frank 
frankandoak.com forward slash gals for 25 bucks off your first subscription box. frankandoak.com forward slash gals. Treat your bod. The founding fathers. We've learned a lot about them tonight. Um, Too much. What we do know about these wealthy, white, slave-owning, white, wealthy, patriotic, brave, white, white slave-owning men who were white and rich and wealthy. Well, for one thing, we know. Rich and wealthy? That they, <laughs> yep, like all wealthy men, and rich men paying taxes. Mm-hmm. In all reality, that is a huge part of what started the Revolutionary War, oppressive taxation. We know this. The British aristocracy had franchised their human-owning, imperialistic ways to the whole world and wanted to sit back and reap the rewards of other people's efforts. I mean, duh. Well, damn it, we want to do that too. So it's war. (laughs) Next slide. For me, all that pops to mind regarding John Hancock is a big, fancy, swoopy signature... And a cock. So let's get into it because this motherfucker was super important and pretty. What? Daddy! Daddy! What are you doing? Daddy! We need you. Daddy! Oh my! I'm like, why are people screaming? his life right now. I'm so sorry. Oh my god! We're never gonna be invited back here. Oh, tap it, Daddy! Thank you, Daddy. (laughs) That man can wear a pair of cargo shorts. Is it hot in here, or is it my founding father's wig? Anyway, swoopy signature. Um, We're so predatory. Don't even tell me that was falling too. You're fine. You're fine. It's you're okay. Fine. We're it's not okay. doing this. We're only going to sexualize you. We fully one recognize more time. the gender roles were reversed. That would have been welcome way to being a woman. Moving on. So sorry. Anyway, John Hancock <laughs> is fucking shady, too. and we love shady. So let's do this. Quick side story: That big swoopy signature is pretty misunderstood. Hancock was the elected president of the Second Continental Congress, a group of wealthy. Lily White landowners (laughs) who were sick of the King of England's shit and were drafting up plans for independence. Next slide. This is the very famous drawing of the signing of the Declaration of Independence that shows all of the founding fathers in a room waiting their turn to sign with Hancock in front making his. This portrait is so famous that everyone pictures the signing happening this way, but a drawing is not a photograph. See the guy with the brownish hair? This guy? Yeah. (laughs) John Hancock, in reality, was in the room with one other person at the time he signed the document. Is he the white guy? Wait, which one? (laughs) God, this row, this back row is just (laughs) clones. My picture was a close-up of the clones. Bad. And they didn't realize at the time that that wasn't okay. That is what it's They don't realize it now. I know. Nothing has changed. So he was in the room with one other person at the time that he signed the document, and as he did so, he took a jab at the British with, quote, the British Parliament should be able to read the name without spectacles. Let them double their reward. And this passed for a wicked burn back in 1776. (laughs) Four eyes. (laughs) Fucking four (laughs) eyes. Fucking bifocals. 
Johnny Hancock was born into a wealthy family in Braintree, Massachusetts. Oh my hey. God! Last stop on the whatever, who cares line. Yeah. That sounds like a testicle prank. Slash this tour, the whatever, who cares tour. <laughs> um, their crest is pretty epic. I shit you not, it is a shield with a bunch of red cocks, roosters, <laughs> and a big white hand underneath them. <laughs> Photo. Cradle the balls. Cocks, hand, Hancock. <laughs> so, Red Rocket. Red Rocket, doggy. So, little John Hancock became childhood friends with little John Adams, as we know, who would later mastermind his political rise and bail him out of a bunch of legal trouble of multiple occasions. Small world when you're the colonial upper crust, I guess. Mm. Hancock's father died in 1744, and little John Hancock was sent to live with his aunt and uncle... Uh, then he went to Harvard, ever heard of it, <laughs> and then inherited a partnership in his uncle's import business and later the whole thing, the whole business that specialized in whale oil, rum, fish, of course, tea, which comes up later, and sweet berry wine. Mm, uh, speaking of wine, you can top me off. It's my case, so mm, you can game. pour your own wine. You don't Britain get any. had just fought a very expensive Seven Years' War and was now riddled with debt, prompting them to start to squeeze the colonies with a nasty sugar tax. And that's how type 1 diabetes was born. <laughs> These taxes were insanely unpopular and seen as basically abusive, and import companies such as Hancock's quickly resorted to smuggling. Ever heard of it? People were so pissed off uh, about these taxes that I already said that though smuggling was a crime, the citizens of port cities would more or less try to help you get away with it. I'm mm-hmm. here for that. <laughs> you could even get insurance with local agencies against being caught, and yet we can barely get insurance because <laughs> our content is pornographic. Literally. <laughs> We've been denied. Yep. Literally. Our company is uninsurable. Thanks, Foreskin Forensic Kenyon's <laughs> pick. Kenyans. No, that was a fan pick. I thought it was your pick. That was a fan pick. I'm gonna stop giving you credit for that. Well, also, tune in. My case was phenomenal, but it was a fan pick. Tune into tomorrow's episode, and then Kenyans' case for tomorrow. You'll understand what's so pornographic about our show. It's a good one. Parental discretion is advised. Anyway, it's way worse than Mom's spaghetti. Um, Hancock employed career smugglers, quickly learning the tricks of the trade, using bluffs and forgeries to conceal where goods had come from, what was in the crates, and what country items were coming from. So shady. Even when the British would catch smugglers and impound cargo, the smugglers would appeal to local American courts to have the goods returned and the cases dismissed. So it was like, whatever, who cares? Edward Randolph, head of customs at the time, took... I read it as head of costumes. Head of costumes (laughs) at the time. Wig master general. uh, Took 36 seizures to trial from 1680 to 1682, and all but two were acquitted and returned. So it was like, whatever, just go do your thing. They're just letting everybody get away with it. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. And if that failed, smugglers would simply break into the impound and steal the goods back. So it's fine. Next slide. This is where the taxation without <laughs> representation argument came in. Actual are those the photo. Beatles? This is from those 1771. The tonsils. <laughs> the tonsils. It's a, it's a colonial era mm. drawing. They mm. had colored ink in 1771. You don't know. I doubt. You don't know. 
Um, ba, ba, ba. Since Americans were not represented in British Parliament and British Parliament had passed the tax laws, they were like, fuck it, we don't have to pay them here in the Americas. Like, if Georgia's Congress passed a huge tax on cream cheese here in Philly, you best believe no one's paying that shit, and there would be a revolt. Riots mm-hmm. in the streets. Riots. Mm-hmm. Next slide. So the British altered their import system and passed the Stamp Act and started cracking down on smugglers in an attempt to get money. Did Kenyon draw this skull? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's almost oh, as good as her stamp. drawing of a triceratops. Listen to the Milwaukee episode and you'll understand that. On April 9th, like 1768, two customs employees boarded Hancock's brig known as the Lydia that was moored in Boston Harbor. Hancock received an emergency letter that the jig was almost up and rushed to the location. Hancock knew his shit and demanded to see the customs employee's writ of assistance, which is basically a search warrant. And when they couldn't produce it, he ordered his men to block the hold and not allow the agents below. Mm-hmm. Probably doing this. While he was Badass. One of the customs agents somehow managed to get below anyway, and Hancock had his men drag the agent back up to the deck by the arms. Mm. This is widely considered to be the first physical act of resistance to British authority, and Hancock is credited with initiating the very first act of the American Revolution. What? But he planned. He gave the order, though. He didn't actually do it, right? Well, whatever. He might have been there. He wasn't there. I don't care. Command responsibility. Yeah. Panini Pam did it. It's fine. (laughs) Panini Pam. A month later, one of Hancock's ships, the Liberty, arrived carrying wine. Thank God. Customs officers inspected the ship and found it contained 25 pipes. Next slide. A pipe being 108 imperial gallons or a butt, which could literally be any amount of wine. I mean, my butt is a different amount of wine from either of their butts. They spelled ton wrong. I know. But there's no way to know it was a pipe. It was a butt. It was a lot. Hancock paid duties for his 25 pipes, butts, but customs officials suspected he'd offloaded more during the night to avoid paying taxes. Shady biz, but I'm here for it. The two customs officers who had been watching the ship that night said nothing had been offloaded. But one customs officer changed his story later when a British warship arrived in port. They're like, fuck, the Brits are here. Now we gotta like... Fucking snitch. We gotta say shit. Narc. He said they had been forcibly held on the Liberty while it unloaded during the night and threatened little babies. Customs officials seized the Liberty and Boston lost their shit. They were already pissed that the warship was in the harbor in the first place. So they're like, fuck these Brits. We're doing our own thing. Get the fuck out of here. Um, when customs officials came ashore to seize the Liberty, riots broke out and raged through the city. Kind of like after the Super Bowl. Thanks, Eagles fans. Yeah, let's light some cars on fire. Yeah, Minneapolis is a very clean and orderly town. Yeah, we don't like that. Yeah, mm, we are Should sorry. be. We don't like mm. it. Uh, the customs agents fled, fearing for their lives, and chased by an angry mob boarded the warship. Let's assume pitchforks and torches were involved. Tiki torches. Tiki, no. On well, brand. Probably. But White guys and tiki torches. Yeah, you're right, hand, you're right. They right? go hand in hand. It's a love affair. The customs agents went to hide in the warship, afraid of the mobs, and probably all pissed their pants. After the Stamp Act, Hancock led the charge of massive boycott of British goods. The British goods he suggested boycotting were rum, wine, and tea. Mm -hmm. A big import. Ever heard of it. Ever heard of it. (laughs) 
These initial riots were the precursor to the Boston Massacre, where a bunch of protesters threatening a group of British Marines were gunned down as the terrified soldiers feared they would be overrun and the boycotts would eventually lead to the infamous Boston Tea Party, where British goods were chucked in the water because fuck you and your fucking tea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we like coffee. Yeah. I think, I think they super liked tea, and that was the point, but it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's fine. Now, I'm not suggesting that Hancock necessarily had any deeply shady, self-serving motivations underneath all of this patriotic bluster. But history did. has taught us that the rich love getting richer, and it was Hancock spearheading the massive boycott of particular liquids. Which liquids, you ask? The ones he really was into trading rum, wine, and tea. Yeah, a little mm. self-serving, but it's fine. Yeah, he got real good at smuggling these, and these are the ones that he was like, don't accept these from the British America. <laughs> um, who stood to make an insane killing smuggling these goods into the country if the British couldn't sell theirs? Yep, big old swinging signature John Hancock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, swinging swingin signature. And that is the smuggler John Hancock. Woo! What a dick. Woo! All right. Special thanks this week to our wigs. Yep. Yes. Yep. Also to the TLA. And to Nathan selling merch. And to... Tom, the house manager, manager. and to duct tape daddy. Daddy. We love you. (laughs) Oh, he's waving. Look how cute he is. Thank you, Philly. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hey, everyone. Listen up real quick, because we have something to say. It's about our new podcast, Two Rambling Sisters. So my name is Ashley and I'm Michaela and our goal each week we're going to be taking you on a journey into the past to uncover the histories of our world with the hopes of enlightening your futures. Your ears can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much anywhere else you're going to listen to all your other favorite podcasts. Seriously though, we really look forward to sharing our ramblings with you as we learn in this journey together. Okay, Okay, bye. bye.